0: Hey mama, stop what you're doing right now and join my birth classes. It is open enrollment and it's a special one because we have added some extra new bonuses just for you. And hint, hint, don't forget that insurance may reimburse you and you can also use your HSA or your FSA to pay for birth classes. So it's a no brainer. If you join this week, you're gonna get not only a huge discount by using the code birth queen, all in caps, because you know you are, but you're also going to get six or seven bonuses. Bonus number one, you're gonna get 30 days free in my mama membership, which is where all the magic is happening. After 30 days, you can leave us if you want, boo-hoo. Or you can stay with us for 19 a month. And some of my mamas stay with me for years, if that tells you anything. You're also gonna get bonus number two, which is my newborn academy. Bonus three, the birth coach class. Bonus four, the postpartum recovery roadmap class along with some other bonuses. And if you join by Friday night at midnight, you're gonna get my Birthing Waves, which is a brand new course and it's guided meditations for labor and beyond. Brand spanky new and I'm so excited to welcome you in. Don't forget, we hang out with all of our students every Wednesday. We have a pregnancy hangout via Zoom where you get to see my face and my doulas every single Wednesday. I'll see you on the inside. Go to labor nurse mama dot com forward slash the word calm. C-A-L-M. com forward slash calm. I'll see you on the inside. My name is Trish Ware and I am obsessed with all things pregnancy and birth and helping you to navigate both the practical and the magical seasons of this journey called motherhood. I'm an all-day coffee sipping mama of seven and labor and delivery nurse who took her expertise in the labor room and turned it into an online one-stop shop for mamas looking for powerful education and support. I've had the amazing privilege of delivering many babies in my 15-plus year career as a labor and delivery nurse and as a mama of seven. I'm here to help you take the guesswork out of childbirth so you can make the choices that are right for you and your baby and write the birth story of your dreams. So hit subscribe and let's replace your anxiety and fear with complete confidence. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace your medical advice. Check out our full disclaimer at the bottom of the show notes. Good morning, mamas. I am so excited about today's episode. We are going to be talking to Dominica from Dog Meets Baby. And I was just telling her beforehand that I know there's a huge interest for this topic that we are going to be sharing today, which is five top tips from Dominica on how to prepare your fur baby for your human baby. So welcome, Dominica.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I would love for you just to share with our audience just a little bit about you and about how you came to do what you do because it's a pretty unique niche if I think
1: I think it is <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> so I've been a trainer for a dog trainer for fifteen years now, and six years ago, I had my kids. I have twins and at that time, my dog, a yellow Labrador retriever, as great as they come. She was five, and I prepared her really well, and I didn't really expect any challenges. <laughs> and she had a very scary reaction to my children. She was very predatory. She was very she was hunting when she saw them. I just want to mention that this is really rare. Most people are never going to see it. But it made me realize that if I wasn't a trainer, I wouldn't know what to do. And it was absolutely terrifying to me. So I started working with families a little bit more after that, naturally. And then of course I couldn't reach everyone. And it was just a limited number of hours that I could work. And when the pandemic hit, I decided now it's time, (laughs) let's take it online.
0: I love that so much. And I love that you're being transparent and saying, here I am, a dog trainer. And you would think I got this together with my animals, but my animals surprised me with this new reaction that I wasn't anticipating. And I think that's important to note is that our fur babies, they have their own personalities. And certain circumstances can bring something new out in them. And I think it's really amazing what you're doing because we love our animals so much. So we don't want to end up in a situation where we have to choose that we can't have our animal or something that extreme. So I think it's wise that I I guess I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's wise to say that they are animals. Yes, they are animals. And I think that's the first thing that we have to really focus on is that we can't expect human behavior from an animal. And so I think that's just important to know. We've gone through some situations with our Remy and she has anxiety, this dog. And so it can be very unpredictable. So we've had to set up very strong boundaries for her and we just don't take a chance because we love her so much that we don't want to have to make a really tough decision because she Freaks out and does something she normally wouldn't want to normally do. But anyway, so what would you say is your first tip for someone, you know, and I'm really focusing on, I have a lot of students in my pregnancy membership who, let's say they've been trying to get pregnant for a long time or they just waited a long time and they're fur babies. That's their baby. So there's a lot of angst and emotion going into this preparation. So I guess I wanted to kind of preface that. So what would you say is your first tip for these parents to be?
1: I want to add that I can 100% relate to this. Lola was my fur baby. On top of that, we competed a lot. So we were traveling all over U.S. competing and taking classes and training so much. So we were very bonded. And there were so many things that we did together. And the first thing would be... To, I think, what you said, really understanding that this is an animal and this is an animal with different instincts and a mouth full of teeth. And it's good to remember that a dog can have a different reaction that we predict. So it's I would start with preparing the dog for what's coming, which means, I know it's hard to imagine, of course, what's going to happen, but we know that the baby is going to make sounds, that there is going to be baby equipment in the house, that a lot of times the office, now the office will become the nursery, right? So there will be many changes in the house. So it's good to start this. Ahead of, t- ahead of the time, and really including the dog in the preparations as much as you can, but not in a way that will terrify them. So if we know that the dog needs time, some dogs are very particular when we move things around. So let's start a little bit sooner. If your dog doesn't care, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If your dog is very noise sensitive, you know that new noises tend to trigger them. They bark a lot when they hear a new noise. Let's start playing those baby sounds a little bit sooner and make sure that the dog has really, has heard many noises. And we make sure that something nice happens to the dog when we play them. We give them treats or play with them or pet them so they have a good association and they're prepared. So that would be the first step. The second step is, I think this one is going to be a little bit hard for many people because especially when you're pregnant, you're expecting the baby. Many times the dogs become very cuddly and you nap and they nap with you. And it's such a great time. But the more time you spend together and you are together on the couch and you go together to the bathroom and your dog becomes your shadow, then the baby comes and suddenly you cannot have your dog with you the whole time. And that's very hard for them when suddenly things change and they change so abruptly. We go from my mom, my world, to now I'm actually ignored a lot. So it's good to think about this and help our dogs with that transition, meaning that there is time during the day when we are not together, whether... We work from home and we make sure that the dog is in a different room or after a walk, we install a baby gate and the dog hangs out in a different room or we just close the door. Or some people decide that the nurseries, they're not going to have the dog in the nursery. So every time you go in the nursery, you close the door or you have baby gate there. So you're spending some time, a lot of time together, but there are times during the day when you're not together. And this is very important because... A lot of times, especially when the dog struggles with with the baby initially or later, you have to separate. And you will do it because, of course, the safety of the baby is very important. And then when your dog is behind a gate or you close that door and they're having a meltdown and they bark and they scratch the door and they jump and it continues for hours, it's a very stressful situation. So you really want to make sure that your dog has this it's a life skill being alone we don't neglect the dog we don't treat them badly we just teach them a new skill that's going to be very useful when we have a little human
0: so i so what i'm thinking is it's also you're doing it before the baby comes so they don't blame the baby too like they don't think oh that's the reason mom and dad aren't with me. So I yeah, I love that. And let me just ask you practically as the they're training the dog beforehand, how long does that normally take or does that is that per dog or per animal and what do you do if they're scratching the door that you've shut or they aren't stopping the whining and the barking what's the next step if they're really just not getting with the program yes
1: (laughs) that's a really good question some people it's going to be super easy for them right like they've been doing it the dog is already crate trained or the dog has a it's not is, is more independent so for some people it's going to be not an issue now if your dog has a hard time with that then we're going to we want to start small Okay. And small could be literally that if your dog always follows you to the bathroom, you're not going to let them do it just for that minute. And it's, simple, especially when you're pregnant, you go to the bathroom a lot. So you, you can practice a lot. Yeah, and that's a lot of learn, practice. So, okay, she goes to the bathroom and then she comes out and she goes to the bathroom and then she comes out and they learn, okay, I'm, I wait here. And then she always comes back because you always come back. And so just starting what you have to start somewhere. So thinking about situations when, when it's sunny, there is this like s- spot where my dog likes to hang out in the house. Maybe I can move their favorite dog bed there and maybe I can give them something to chew on, a bone. And this is the time when I'm going to in the kitchen, or I'm going to take a nap, or I'm just going to do something else in a different room. So sometimes it's really building with what you already have. You don't necessarily have to be like, okay, we're going to close the door. No, you can leave the door open. You're not going to change anything. We're just going to teach the dog. It's okay when we're not together. You don't have to be with me the whole time. Okay. A lot of times with the nursery, because many people especially when you have a dog that tends to be, gets muddy, right? Like it's muddy outside and the dog gets dirty. And you're like, oh, I have my nursery and all the things are so pretty here and it's so clean. And this dog, I really don't want a dog her here and I don't want my dog here. So a lot of times parents are more committed and because it's, it's a new room, and we're you're starting from scratch. If this is the room where your dogs used to spend a lot of time in, then it's harder. But if this is a room that you are not using, then okay, we're going to start with maybe a gate so the dog can see me. We're going to put the dog bed there, and I can even sit by the gate initially. And your my dog gets some treats on the other side or a peanut butter Kong, and we're just starting this way for five minutes. So they get used to it, but it's you keep doing it. Keep doing it every day for a little bit, and maybe after your dog is exercised, so they're tired. You play fetch. You go for a walk. Mm. That's when you do it. Just think of it like creating a new routine, right? Like we create routines for our dogs all the time. They know that when you get in the car in the morning, you go, I don't know, to the park or to the beach, and so this is like. Creating a new routine where I'm just in a different place than you are, but you can still see me and you get good things.
0: Okay. So that's still part of preparing the dog for alone time and separation anxiety. So I really like that because a lot of times they may not even be used to you being gone to the hospital, too. So that some, if they have a C section, they're gone for three or four days sometimes. So if they are starting to let them know, hey, I always come back, you're always safe, but do you... So I'm getting ahead of myself because you probably have a tip for that as well, <laughs> but what would your next yeah. tip... So
1: I want I want to talk briefly about what you just mentioned. If your dog suffers from separation anxiety and you cannot, you never leave them alone, Then there are trainers who only specialize in that. They work online. So I would recommend this is a longer process. It's not something that you're going to achieve within a week or two. So if this is an issue, then I would really make sure there are also books and courses on that. That's something that you look into. Now, when it's how to prepare your dog in general for the, let's say the dog is generally comfortable with you being gone or can stay with someone else then you want to, first of all, you want to have a plan for that, that time. And it's not just one plan, because a lot of times things can go the way you planned, right? The baby comes sooner, the baby comes later. And so you. we always want to make sure that if we make arrangements, let's say the grandma is coming to watch the dog, we want to make sure that grandma has time before they do that, or if not, that we have someone else or that the daycare can take my dog at any time. Okay, And it's especially, it's super important around the holidays when people travel and can have other plans or with the pandemic, when people were getting sick with COVID, it was also important to have a plan A, B, and C because mm-hmm. maybe they, they were not able to come. So it's always good to have several plans just in case things don't go as don't go as planned you want to choose something I would choose an option that works for you of course and but also for your dog if your dog hates other dogs then I would not necessarily have them at a daycare full of dogs Mm -hmm. that will be a very stressful environment and it will be much harder when you introduce your dog to your baby so just thinking, like, what would be the easiest way for everyone? Maybe having someone stay at your house or, or do vi- visits during the day and then stay overnight. So just something that will work for everyone. And when it comes to the introduction, the actual meeting, the first meeting of the baby, then it's also good to have a plan because it is important. And many people, of course, want the dog to be, they want the dog to be happy or relaxed and meet the baby and have a beautiful picture, a nice memory. But not every dog is going to react in a way that the parents envision, like the way it happened in my case. The first thing you want to have control, you want to be in control, meaning that we're not entering the house, baby in the car seat, we're putting the car seat on the floor and letting the dog explore. That's not safe. And if I did it this way, that would have been really unsafe.
0: So And I think that's important to note that I think that's what a lot of people do.
1: Oh yes, there are there are thousands of videos on YouTube that show exactly that thing. And yes, many people are going to be fine, or many kids are going to be, no issues. But if your dog is one of the those that are going to have a reaction, then it's really not safe. And even in those videos on YouTube, every single one, after a few seconds of like, that no. dog or dogs sticking head in the car seat, the parents start pulling them away. Every single one of them, parents get nervous, right? Because you you don't see your baby. And, and what is um, that telling
0: the dog? I'm feeling like that's probably communicating something to the dog right off the bat when you're yanking the dog away. It
1: is. And it's not dogs when they're restrained. That's also not quite safe when you pull them away from something. And especially if you have multiple dogs, that that's not ideal. So we want to make sure that we decide, are we going to have the baby in the car seat or maybe the baby will be already home? So is the baby going to be in my arms or maybe in the crib? Is it all going to have the leash on, or we're going to use a gate, but just having some sort of a idea of how we're going to do it before the actual day
0: okay, and just thinking out those things rationally, like how that should look. I have a question. I have heard, I think I I was telling you before that I had children before I had pets. So it's a little different for me because it just wasn't on my radar as much. But I have heard people and patients many times will take something from the labor room that smells like the baby to take it home. So do you have any tips on bringing something home? Because I know you said introduce them to the sounds and all of that. But do you want them to introduce the smell or is that not really something you need to do.
1: I'm so glad that you asked because it is, if you think about it, I I said that when you introduce the baby to sounds or equipment that we practice, right? Like we don't do it just, it's not just one time that we play something and then we're like, okay, done. And with the scratch that, I don't know if you've heard, there was like a noise suddenly. Uh -uh. (laughs) So I'm going to, I hope my kids are going to be quiet. With the baby blanket or with the onesie or, or baby head, it's a little bit harder because you're only going to be able to do it once probably, unless you have the kids in the NICU or it's a different situation. And one time it's not just enough. It's not enough because your dog is going to smell the baby smell or the hospital smells, but they're also going to smell detergent and anyone who touched that, that item. And, Honestly, they're going to. We introduce new things to to them all the time. We go grocery shopping, and especially with the baby, we bring so much, so many new items to the house. They're constantly introduced to new smells. So it's almost I smelled it. Now what? Yeah. (laughs) And some dogs, they're going to play with that item, especially if it's a blanket and it's soft and it's like a little bit like a toy. And (laughs) many many parents reach out because they're terrified because the dog destroyed the blanket. And now what? They're going to have this reaction to my child. Yeah. So it creates anxiety because then the parent is terrified to bring that baby because the dog destroyed the blanket, ripped it apart. If your dog generally destroys toys and does it to the blanket, that's exactly what they did. It was a toy to them. They Yes, they smelled all those smells, but they didn't really make a connection because it's impossible. You can do it. It's okay. <laughs> it's not really a guarantee that your dog is going to do great with the baby.
0: Okay, that's good. So what would your next tip be? So I wrote down, I'm writing out some of your tips because I know that this is just so valuable. I wrote down baby smell isn't guaranteed, doesn't (laughs) actually work. So what would be another tip you would have for these new parents as they prepare
1: Yes. When it comes to preparation, another thing that's often overlooked is the car. A lot of times, I don't know where, like if that's the case, I lived in San Francisco for many years and there are many dogs, more dogs than children, and most dogs, they ride in the car loose. Sometimes they stick their heads out of the windows, right? The weather is nice. And many people have more than one dog. Many people have bigger dogs and a loose dog in a car is not safe. It's it, in case if there were, if we were in a, in an accident crash, then this dog is a projectile. Mm. If you have a smaller baby in the car, then it's even worse because we de- definitely don't want this giant dog or even a smaller dog to fly at a child. So it's good to think of that. If we're going to have the baby and the dog in the car together. How are we going to do it? Are we going to get a harness for the dog? And which one? Are we going to have a crate for the dog? Are we going to have a carrier for that dog if it's a smaller one? And not every dog is going to be comfortable with it right away. Some dogs need training. So this is something that I know that many parents, when they realize it, it's scary mm-hmm. suddenly you think about all those things that can happen or could have happened and i was there too so i get it but it's just know that <laughs> there are products that are that have been crash tested and there are many different ones for different sizes for different cars um but it's important
0: to to do it i love that too because as you were talking not only is it unsafe for the dog to be loose in the car yes but too but it's also a situation that you would have very little control. If the dog snapped at the baby, or something were to occur, that could be a very unsafe situation. So I think that's another a- a
1: reason because it's if you if the dog is not comfortable with the baby, especially if you're not going to be in the back of the car with mm-hmm. that dog. Like the loose dog, of course, it's a it's an issue in itself. But the dog next to the child, it's another. Yeah. Safety concern here. So it's good. It's definitely good to have a plan.
0: And the truth of the matter is that a newborn in a car can drive anyone crazy. Anyone. Especially if they're doing that thing. And so that could definitely, the dog could see that as some kind of weird threat in the car because it is, I feel threatened by it, to be honest. I had a screamer and it was maddening. It worked on my mind bad. I would be Anxious getting in the car, anxious in the car, and anxious after the car. It was just a horrible situation. So that's really good. Like I would have never thought about preparing yourself and your animal for future car rides because it's not just you two anymore, you three. There's another little person in there that has to be protected. So what would another tip that you would say to prepare? I like these tips because a lot of them are more so on preparing your dog way ahead of time. So it's not just like, a, oh gosh, baby's coming home next week. How do we handle this?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. It's changing. I see more and more people really thinking of it when they get pregnant or are adopting. So people are thinking about it much sooner now. But I used to have clients who would call me two days before the due date. Oh no. <laughs> yes, definitely. I don't miss those days. I um, love So the other tip would be, of course, training, which is, Most people train their dogs when they first get the dog, right? Whether it's a rescue or a puppy, you take those puppy classes, you go to obedience classes, and you get to a certain level that it works for your family, right? Your dog knows a sit and a down, and they can wait a little bit. But a lot of times it's not that reliable. Some people, of course, train their dogs super well, but most parents don't really They don't need that level of perfection. So I would say this is the time when you're waiting for your baby to brush up on that training and really think of it. Okay, what are we going to need? If our dog tends to steal many things and we're going to have new toys in the house, it would be probably great to have a strong leave it cue so our dog understands to leave it. And go to mat, all those go to bed, place cues are very useful with with babies. So I would definitely work on making sure that your dog can wait in general is also very helpful. So if you have a dog that tends to jump up for everything, and I would definitely address that jumping. Mm -hmm. It's not only if you have a big dog when you're pregnant, it's not ideal. But when you're carrying it as a baby, that's also not very safe. If barking is (laughs) driving you crazy, before you have your baby, I can guarantee you it will drive you crazy after the baby way more. And it's not really that the dog is going to wake up your baby. Most kids can sleep through it, but it's going to really affect the parent because of the sensory overload. And you're working on, that, on those naps and the sleep training and the dog, you're worried the dog will wake up your baby. So this is a time to really brush up on the training, whether you take a course, you work with a trainer, you sign up for a class or you just remember what you worked on when you had when your dog was a puppy and just do it but also thinking about that barking okay if my dog barks how can we remove the triggers maybe we're going to change the doorbell because this one is very loud and our dog barks every time so maybe let's have a different like a video doorbell and that's going to reduce that barking
0: So there you have it, dog barking, Amazon rang my doorbell, perfect timing, us talking about normal home sounds, which is a pretty normal thing around here, Amazon and dog barking. So do you have any other tips when it comes to dog training? Are there certain, I know you offer dog training. Do you offer virtual dog
1: training? I do. So in the, I have two courses, one is called the first meeting. So this is where we focus on the first meeting and preparing for that. And there is a second course that focuses on the preparation and training.
0: Okay. And so for a parent that is about to have a baby or what time would it be a good time? Because you're saying ahead of time is way better. So at what point in pregnancy is it good to start focusing on all of this? Like from the get-go or?
1: I would. The first trimester, I probably wouldn't. Okay. (laughs) Because most moms don't feel that great Mm -hmm. i think that's okay to start later i think if you it it depends on the dog if you've done a lot of training with your dog and you just need you just have a few things that you really want to focus on you can do it later but it's always good to remember not to wait too long because again things can happen sooner so if you can do it end of the second trimester or beginning of the third trimester that would be ideal Having said that, if you even if you do it for four weeks or let's say three weeks, that's better than nothing. Always tell parents. Any preparation is better than zero.
0: And I think some of the tips that you have are pretty self-explanatory. If the nursery is going to be off limits or the nursery is going to be a big change, that's going to be something that you can implement as soon as you start working on the yes. nursery. So you can do that a little bit at a time. And absolutely, it, it's funny because Remy, my fur baby, she lays in here with me when I'm not recording, and so when I shut that door, she looks at me like, excuse me? What are you doing? So it was funny when you were saying that. I don't know that I would have really thought that before because I used to have a house. I have seven children. So I used to have a house full of kids. So my other dog or other family dog would have had another place to go. There's always a person. There's always a place. But with Remy, it's typically just me and her during the day. So like when I shut the door, she's like... what is happening, but I would say she knows when I break out my recording equipment that she's going to have to go out and I move her bed out there where she likes it. And so I guess I did this already. You did. (laughs) Same type of thing. The same process. Yeah. And she's used to it now. She doesn't like it. And if Mm -hmm. I as soon as I went out to see why she was barking, I noticed she came in and was looking at the screen. So she was like who's on there that they're taking my mom time. Anyway, so I love that. Is there anything else you want to leave with these parents to be before we cut it short and also I want to let you guys know that I'm going to be linking to a free download that Dominica offers with more tips to prepare and some information on her courses because you really just cannot prepare enough for baby. I think like I know I hate to add more to your plate because I know there's so much but this is really important if you have an animal who is not used to having children around, this is a really important topic. It is. It
1: is, and especially if we if they live outside, that's different. Mm-hmm. It's our fur baby. I think it's only fair to prepare them.
0: Yeah, I agree. And not to assume That you know your dog's nature and it'll be fine. I think that's a really bad assumption to make. And I learned that the hard way with Remy because she's so good with us. Like she is so good with us, but she has a split personality. And if she gets anxious at all, we cannot trust her with children. With adults, she's usually okay, but I'm not even sure I trust her Completely. We have to be very, we have a very set routine of how we introduce Remy to new people. And then when it comes to children, we keep her with us. So she's not, if my son has a friend over, she's not allowed free reign. She stays with us and moves around the house with us because it's not worth it for something bad to happen to a child or to Remy. we'd And it's straight up anxiety. She was a rescue. So we know it's because she was abused. But at the same time, we just cannot lay down our boundaries. Like we have to protect her and everyone. And I think it's the same for these new parents. Like you just can't assume how it's going to go. Be cautious. And then at some point, this fur baby will probably be best friends with your baby. And you're going to be jealous. <laughs>
1: That happens a lot, yes.
0: I know. Thank you so much for coming today, Dominica. I am super happy that we did this and talked about this really important topic.
1: Me too. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You're welcome. Can you tell everyone real quick where they can find you on like social media or your blog?
1: Yes. I have a website, uh, dogmeetsbaby.expert. That's where the courses live and the blog and all the freebies. And I'm on Instagram. So it's dog meets baby underscore dog meets underscore baby.
0: Hey, mama, I hope you enjoyed this episode. There is so much when it comes to bringing home your sweet little bundle of joy, including meeting your dog. So hit subscribe, write a review, and as always, I'll see you again next Friday. Bye for now.